Welcome to Talking Club. I'm Karen. And I'm Emily. It's so weird when you say it that way. Why? Because it sounds like we're about to say, and this week, but we don't know what we're talking about because it's Talking Club. We talk about what we want to talk about. I know. There's <laughs> there's really no plan. There's not. We, and that's part of our term. <laughs> we can come up with something. Or we could just not. It just it throws me off when this is... <laughs> This is why I don't introduce it that much, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Oh. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so this is a fun episode today because we're actually in the same room. We are. We're, we're live and in person together. And in my daughter's room. We are. So we're surrounded by pictures of kitties and, <laughs> and, and pink walls. milk duds are very tempting. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks, but we've managed to get together, spend some time together for the holidays, so yeah. it's been good. Well, people know this because we drove to Elton, drove that's, back from Elton John together that's on true. our last episode. That's true. But yeah. Yeah. But it's been good. It has. Um, so you recently had an experience that you I wanted did. to talk about. I did. Did you want to share your story second or first? What do you mean? Well, I have a story oh. too well, yeah why don't you go first okay yeah all right mine's a little long should i shorten it up sure i don't know i don't know how to i don't know the people want decent they episodes. want the details yeah they all want right the details well we um we actually i said we don't have a topic but we do <laughs> we already decided that we're gonna talk about jury duty <laughs> well to be fair we decided that about five minutes ago right uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have ADD, guys. <laughs> uh, self-diagnosed. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> now I'm all distracted. Um, all right, so jury duty. I got jury duty once. Mm-hmm. Only once. I've wanted it more times. I would love to do it all the time. My job pays for it, and I would love to just, you know, just be a juror. I would like to be a professional juror. <laughs> Preferably somewhere rural. <laughs> A rural juror. Rural Oh my gosh. Best 30 Rock episode ever. <laughs> Hands down. It's <laughs> pretty great. So anyway, when I was 19, I got my first jury summons and I was so excited, but I was also a little bit bummed because every story I'd ever heard about jury duty, people got excused. My mom has never served on a jury. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends, I don't think my dad even ever gets jury duty. I don't know. <laughs> um, I've never heard him talk about it. Like, most of my friends' parents, like, nobody I knew had actually served on a jury. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited and hopeful, but also like, eh, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. And so I, on my appointed day, like, the night before, you're supposed to call in, and I was like, oh, this is where they're going to excuse me. And they didn't. They said you had to report Dang. at 9 a.m. the next morning, and I was <laughs> so ready. And, I mean, back in those days, I was going to be a lawyer, and, yeah. like, I had it all planned out, so this was, like... My jam. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Law and Order. <laughs> I think you've heard of that. All show. the good ones are. Oh yeah. So, um, so I show up at the courthouse, and we had to like fill out this additional form, you know, with like more background information about yourself. And so I do all that, and I'm thinking, I'm looking around at all these like grown ups, and I'm thinking like they're not going to want some dumb kid <laughs> on this, you know, panel. And, um, and there was like this 
weird guy that kept flirting with me who was definitely not around 19 <laughs> and um but i just got super creepy vibes from him i was just like this guy is bad news anyway after we watched this video about how it's like really important as and yeah. a, like a great opportunity to, to give to our our community by serving jury duty um then we go into the courtroom and we're waiting and basically it's like random call they just call a bunch of numbers to come up and sit in the box I was not one of them (laughs) and so we're waiting and um eventually like they would start to excuse people for cause and eventually my number got pulled Mm -hmm. and I got called and I ended up sitting in spot number nine I was juror number nine (laughs) and I was like okay don't mess this up And so they asked me like one question. I think it was, what are you studying in school? And at Uh that point I wasn't, I was just taking my generals. So I just said, oh, I'm just taking English and math, you know, like (laughs) all freshmen do. (laughs) Cause I didn't want to make them think that I knew more about the law than I did. You know, okay. You know, yeah, (laughs) I didn't, (laughs) I didn't want them to be like, oh, that girl's going to be a lawyer. We don't want her to be a jerk. Okay. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like I had this all thought out in my head. Dumbing yourself down as many women do, you know, Yep. to get ahead. That's what you got to do <laughs> to get what you want. Yeah. So that creepy dude was also in the box with me. And I was Ew. just like, oh, this is not okay. I cannot serve on a jury with this guy. Yeah. And they told us start to finish this trial is going to be four days. Like, including jury selection. Like, today, and then we're going to do the trial, and then you're going to deliberate, and it's going to be over in four days. But even then, I was just like, I can't hang out with that dude for four days. He's creepy. So then the prosecutor asks him a couple of really specific questions about his past and something that he had written on his questionnaire about a previous job that he'd had where he had been fired. And so the prosecutor's asking him questions, and he just goes... Well, yeah, I ended up getting fired. Officially, it was for assault. <laughs> what was the unofficial reason? I don't remember. But that stuck in my I'm pretty sure I stopped listening at that point because I was like, bingo, I knew it. <laughs> so he got excused. Good, good. So I ended up on the jury. Cool. And I think the reason is because the defendant was 21 years old and a, you know, cute white guy. Nice. And of course the defense wanted me on a jury like that. Yep. Because they didn't know that I'm a feminist. (laughs) And a fan of law and order. And a fan of law and order. (laughs) And it's always the rich white dudes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So... Um, anyway, the, tr- the case was resisting arrest. That was the only thing he was oh, charged with. Okay. Yeah. What happened was, have I never told you this I story? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. So what happened was back in those days, I grew up in Chino, California. Well, Chino yeah. Hills, California, which is attached to Chino, California, where there is a, like a junior fairgrounds. So it's mm-hmm. not a big, vi- a big venue, but they do a lot of events there. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they do... Every year, still to this day, is the Demolition Derby. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this would have been like 96, I think. Okay. Um, so I think the actual case happened like late 95. It was probably okay. fall of 95 okay. that this happened. And um, so 
back then there was no Uber or no. anything like that. Mm-hmm. But what the police were doing, they were under orders. If anybody got drunk and was acting up in the event, they had to be kicked out. So was that like no everybody? <laughs> oh yeah, it was a lot of people. But it was like there wasn't no there was no Uber. We didn't right. have a taxi service in town. They just escorted people to the gate. Good luck. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how many people they arrested around the fairgrounds yeah. for drunk driving. <laughs> that was probably step two. <laughs> but anyway, so this dude was with his friends. And um, basically what what uh, what happened, um, as far as the undisputed facts of the case, mm-hmm. were that he approached a group of people that he knew, slapped one of them really hard on the back and said really loud, like, hey, what's up? Or something <laughs> like that. And a nearby police officer observed oh. this scene uh-huh. and observed that he was drunk and getting very loud. And it looked like he was being belligerent with these people. Oh, okay. So he went over, taps the guy in the shoulder and says, you need to go. Okay. So the dude, like flips the like just like shakes off the officer's hand off his shoulder and just like leave me alone man yeah and the officer's like okay no 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 you gotta go so then uh he like grabs his arm to like escort him to the gate and then at some point they ended up on the ground (laughs) oh no and the defendant was pepper sprayed And um, two other officers came in to assist in the arrest. And at some point, for some reason, which we'll get to in a minute, the defendant yells to his girlfriend, get this guy off me or get your boyfriend off me or something like that. (laughs) The defendant yells that to his own girlfriend. And so it's just like, what? Anyway, he gets arrested. Yeah. They did not do a breathalyzer or anything like that so they didn't ever determine how drunk he was oh um and so he was never he wasn't charged with being drunk in public or anything Mm -hmm. like that uh he was only charged with resisting arrest which is what brought us to court (laughs) (laughs) so the defense attorney had come from civil law and decided he wanted to be a criminal lawyer i'm guessing he also watched a lot of law and order (laughs) everyone wants to be jack mccoy right he's the coolest (laughs) yeah and so he was not good at it (laughs) (laughs) oh that's too bad this i mean the guy was like he wasn't like some young up-and-coming lawyer he had a long career he was an older guy like I say older, which is hilarious because he was like 40. Okay. And now I'm like, yeah, he's still young in his career. But no, he wasn't like some newcomer. He he like had had years of experience, okay. just not in this type of law. So, so the trial, four days, right? Start four to finish. Days. Yeah. It lasted two weeks. What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the prosecutors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So the prosecutor, he had just three witnesses, the three officers, the arresting officer and the two that assisted him. Yeah. All testified. Boom, boom, boom. He was done in an afternoon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then the defense attorney. <laughs> oh, no. Presents his case. Yeah. And here's what his defense was. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So. This must have been in the spring, actually, because six months before it had happened, the defendant's girlfriend, 
Remember uh-huh. her? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she was working at her mom's store in this shopping, like outdoor shopping mall. Okay. Called Chino Town Square. And uh, so she was closing up one night and it was, you know, there had been a lot of break-ins and stuff. And so police were stepping up patrols. Okay. And so one night this officer is just making his rounds. He happens to be the one assigned for patrol in that area. Okay. Sees this girl, gets to chatting with her. Uh-huh. Kind of, I get, you know, I yeah. get the feeling it was a little flirty. Okay. But it's not like, he, she didn't even testify that he made any moves on her or anything like that. It was just, you know, they were being very chatty. And, right. And uh, she's like asking him questions about his computer and his police car and <laughs> oh stuff like that. And so that was it. Then she gets in her car and leaves. Okay. Six months later, this demolition derby happens, and the defense's claim is that the officer, the arresting officer, was so enamored with this 20-year-old girl (laughs) that six months later, when he randomly sees her and her boyfriend at this demolition derby, he seizes on an opportunity to look awesome and arrest her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. By the way, the officer was married and had kids. Not that he wouldn't necessarily, not that that means that he would be like, you know, but he would probably not throw all that away for some random girl. Right. (laughs) And so so he saw her at the demolition derby. He didn't, he testified he did not know, he did not remember who she was. Yeah. You know? Um, That sounds logical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so weird. I don't even know how. Like, she probably recognized him because she probably doesn't deal with cops that often. Right. You know. Right. So when she saw him, she was probably like, "Oh my gosh, that's the same guy." Yeah. And, but yeah. So that was that was uh, that was his defense. Damn. Um, had several friends come up and testify. Like, no, there wasn't any sort of fighting or anything like that. We were just messing around. Um, yeah. So during their closing arguments, mm-hmm. right? Prosecutor gets up. Dude, look at him. (laughs) Obviously, he's going to be belligerent with cops, you know? Like, that was basically what he said. Not in so many words, but. Then the the defense attorney gets up to make his closing (laughs) argument. And he takes a copy of the United States Constitution. Of course. And he very dramatically (laughs) tells us. As he rips it in half. Oh my god! That if we convict his client, that is what we are doing to the U.S. Constitution. Oh my gosh, that is yeah, that's bad. So that's we convicted bad. him. Yeah, <laughs> and there goes the Constitution. But I will say, it took like seven hours to deliberate wow. because there were people in that room. That were just automatically like, nope, there's cops involved. Not guilty. Oh, okay. Which they had specifically asked us in voir dire if mm-hmm. we thought that cops were trustworthy mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, could we trust testimony of police officers? And right. every single person in that jury said yes. And then here we are in the deliberations. They're like, no. <laughs> so this was what year again? 1995. Was this? 96. 96. This was two years 
Was this Rodney King this before This is after OJ? Rodney King. OJ? This is like the year, this is like months after the OJ trial. Okay. So, but I so should yeah. also mention that everyone on our jury was white. Was white. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was just curious, like, if there was like a time But that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, yeah, it totally is around that time, but it also was like, like, I know people listening to that will just assume, oh, well, certain people of a certain race are just not going to... No, these right. are all white people. All white people. Uh-huh. That's pretty That's pretty incredible that they got an all-white jury, too. Well, I mean, it was Chino. It was Is the it suburbs. A, it was okay. not that unusual. It was not... A, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So, but... Interesting. We talked about it more, and we all came around to, like, listen, uh-huh. come on. Like, you know, so eventually, and the people that were saying not guilty weren't even totally sure that he didn't do it, which is why they eventually like, yeah, like it wasn't that they didn't believe he didn't do it. It was just that they just didn't feel like convicting him. Right. Well, and if, you know, the survival of the constitution is in your hands, if you convict him. Big, that, that is a a big responsibility. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we did convict him. Okay. And, um. So then afterwards, and they did the whole polling the jury, and everyone stood up. Yes, that is my true and fair verdict. Um, and then afterwards, the um, the so they weren't sentencing him that day. Okay. The, that was going to be a couple weeks later. And um, so the judge told us as he was you know getting ready to dismiss us, you know, uh-huh. thanks for your service, go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said that the both attorneys wanted to we're going to be out in the hall. And they would like to just chat with any jurors who would be interested in talking with them because they would like to get feedback for, you know, like, how did this sound to a jury? You know, what were some of the things that you guys thought about? It's like, how's my driving? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I told the defense attorney that um, next time he should try burning an American flag. my gosh and what did he say to you he was just like really so i shouldn't have done that and i said no, no. you shouldn't have done that <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man yeah so then i asked the prosecutor okay so what is he facing as far as a penalty and he said um a year of anger management oh. and i said oh well what were you offering him as a plea deal mm-hmm. and he said six months of anger management <laughs> oh dang so this dude put us through two weeks of a trial <laughs> for an extra six months of anger management wow mm-hmm. man yep that's jeez. yeah yeah so well that that kind of correlates with my experience Ooh. with anger management. Well, not well. It just reminds Pretend me that of it. you went to anger management. No jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> so I got um, a, a notice in the mail that I had been summoned for jury duty in August, and so and it it gave me like a like a four month time period it's like from this time until i think it was like from august until like the end of the year the end of the calendar year i could potentially be summoned for jury duty like any time within any time within that they don't just say here's your jury summons this is the day you come well eventually it does so it's like a long process because i so i had to fill out i think some sort of paperwork and 
then it was like it, it's like a like a four step process. I feel like now, at least in our my county. So I filled out the paperwork, turned it in, and then I got an email saying, "Okay, now you need to fill out this." So I think they're trying what kinds to of things are they having you fill out? Well. Okay, and the email or the email the form I had to fill out was just like questions like it did involve the police. Like, do you feel like you can be um, like, do you have any bias against police officers? Can you be fair with that? Do you know anybody who's a prosecutor or defense attorney? My dad is an attorney. He's not a criminal attorney, but I did put his name down just in case because mm-hmm. and I even asked him, I said, Dad, look at this question. Should I? put you down and he's like yeah let's just be on the safe side yeah and put you it never down know. yeah yeah and so so i think they're just you know and then i also had to say do i have any conflicts within that time period and so i mentioned the concert mm-hmm. and then i submitted it and i didn't hear anything for like months i think i don't know exactly when i got that email i want to say it was sometime maybe in august late august it wasn't long after i got the notice in the mail and so i just didn't hear anything didn't hear anything and then <laughs> the beginning of november comes worst time of year somehow november ended up being crazy busy for my family yeah. and me and it said okay you have been summoned for jury duty and these are the dates it was three days oh no and so i had to i had to find a substitute at work I had to rearrange a training meeting that I had been working on. I had to get out of all of these volunteer hours that I had to commit to because Lydia was in the school play. Oh, no. And you have to volunteer so many hours as a parent. So I, I had to do so much rearranging of my schedule just to get to jury duty. Jeez. And so I got there. Um, this was just like and you two were going weeks ago. to have to go for those three days, not well, just like go one day and get dismissed or so that I wasn't sure, but I, okay. I think so I was just going to go and find out. So because I wasn't sure if they had already weeded everybody out or if they already had already done that and the trial was going to start that day. So this was just like two weeks ago, showed up to court and it was actually a juvenile court. Oh, yeah, because you don't know what kind of case you're right, you you're dealing know. with. It could be anything. Yeah, so it was juvenile court, and I thought, in my head, I thought, okay, this is probably going to be something small or mm-hmm. something minor because, I mean, you hope that's what you're dealing with with a juvenile. And so we just sit around, and then we all got, there were like 40 of us. We all went into this room, and this clerk um, called our names, and then we were all given a lanyard with a number on it. And I had been told by my dad and by other people that if I got a, a number higher than like 25, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't get selected. So the number I got was 33. Okay. So not So too I was bad. like, yeah. So I was kind of like, I don't think I'll get selected. So she did all of that. And then we watched this little orientation video. Sounds uh-huh. like. It's <laughs> probably the same, same one. one. They've been playing it for 50 years. <laughs> and so. And then um, the clerk was like, does anybody have any questions? And so there were just a few random questions being asked, like, how long is today going to go? And the clerk kept kind of giving weird, vague answers. And so I was like, something's going on, you know? And then she said, 
she said, okay, we just need to hang tight for a few minutes because the judge wants to come in and talk to you. Because prior to that, during the orientation, they made it sound like you'll get your number and then we will go into the court Mm -hmm. and go from there. And I think we definitely were going to be weeded out from there. Yeah. So that hadn't been done yet before I got there. And so we just sat there and waited for like 10 minutes. It was super, like, it was just weird. Like Mm -hmm. nobody, we didn't, I didn't know anybody, you know. And so we just sat there and then all of a sudden the judge comes in and he's like in his robe and everything. It's the whole deal. And he said, well, I have some good news and I have some better news. And I thought, that's weird. So it turns out the defense attorney had gotten violently ill in the middle of the night. Oh, like, my god! He like, basically had the flu and he could not try the case. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, so they needed a continuance. Yeah. So, but as a result of that, so the defendant who... I believe was a young man. I, I believe he said he. I don't know for sure. Um, so kind of coupled with the fact that his attorney was out of commission and the fact that a jury was convening, like this was no longer a hypothetical. Like people were here mm-hmm. to, you know, judge him. Right. Like this is happening. <laughs> this, was, this was happening. He suddenly decided I'm going to change my plea. Mm. And so, and I don't know if he had like a team of lawyers working for him because i was like how i hope so because like because like, yeah because i was thinking his his attorney is not here but according to the judge he probably had at least an associate yeah that was also familiar enough with the case right. that could be there with him. right so they he ultimately decided and this all happened like the this more like the morning that we all showed up yeah and so the prosecution and the defense lawyers all worked together and they came to a plea and this young man decided to change his plea from not guilty to guilty and probably got a lighter sentence than mm-hmm. he would have had he been convicted by a jury, you know, found guilty by a jury. Um, yeah, so we just, it was just really weird. So I, I was there at court for maybe an hour. Wow. And that was, I mean, it all happened really fast, but it was interesting because some guy, I mean, I was curious what the case was, but Heck I wasn't yeah. going to ask the, oh, I the judge. <laughs> but luckily someone did. And I'll just trigger warning for anybody. Um, it wasn't going to be a pleasant experience. Mm. The judge told us that it was um, a rape case. Oh. Rape by object case. Oh, no. Yeah. For, for another juvenile? Um, I don't know. I don't know. And so... It was not going to... I mean, then the judge was just flat out. He's like, it would have been a really awful case to hear. Yeah. And not only... I mean, and it's one thing for me to hear it as like a bystander, but in a case like that, I can't imagine that the victim would have been able to get away without not testifying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just... It it just was... it, it It like really hit me. In that moment, I was like, wow, like, here I am. And, like, I almost was a part of this process hearing what this victim went through. I don't know who the victim was. I won't, I don't know if it's a girl or a boy. It honestly could have been either, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I just remember leaving just thinking, like, holy cow. Like, there are people going through things 
that I just like know nothing about. Like it was very, it was just so weird to like be in this situation with all this group of strangers and everyone was just like, oh yay, we don't have to do jury duty. I didn't feel like that. I really want to experience jury duty, you know? And then when we found out what kind of case it was, it was just like it, everyone was just struck with, oh yeah, we're dealing with like real people, Mm -hmm. real people's lives, real victims. Yeah. Like this is serious business, you know? And we're lucky in America that, I mean, at least I think we're lucky in America to have an opportunity to have a say in what happens to people that commit such atrocities. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and here I had spent, you know, and like our, 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 um, I was only scheduled to be in court for three days. That was, so I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, with a trial or a case like this for only three days, I'm guessing I don't know who decides how long it's going to be. You and know I what I mean? it's based on how many witnesses there are. Okay, yeah. And how many charges there are. Yeah, and the fact that it got to the point where it could even be seen in front of a jury, to me, means that they pro- there probably was strong evidence. Yeah. You know, to convict him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they Not were... Not everybody who goes to court is, like, is guilty. No, but yeah. no, no, no. No, you're yeah. right. You're, you're absolutely right. Sorry, yes, you're absolutely right. That's the whole reason why I was there. Um, but yeah, as soon as I think things got real, like things are going to go, like he, he quickly changed his plea. And the judge said that to us. He said, this happens all the time. It happens all the time. And, you know, and like later on, I just was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I hope so many people that were summoned for jury duty, all of us, we had rearranged our schedules. We had done so many things to get there because it's our civic duty. I mean, it said right there in my paperwork, if you don't show up, you're going to be fined, you know, and all of these things had to be rearranged. And then this kid was just like, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and plead guilty now. And I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's, it's really good. I mean, I would much rather have had it happen this way than to have the victim have to tell his or her story. Mm-hmm. That would have been awful. Yeah, I. Sure. D- I mean, and it and it was just it really made me reconsider my relationship with true crime too. You know, like there is a line. Like we talk about Law and Order. Law and Order is fiction. You know, but a lot of times it's it, ripped from the it headlines. Is, it, is ripped, it is ripped from the headlines. <laughs> but it was kind of like, oh, these are real people, yeah. and like, and I'm listening to podcasts and things like that for entertainment purposes. So I don't know. I, I it it really struck me when I knew what was going on and the type of case that I was about, you know, could have really easily heard, mm-hmm. and it just really changed everything for me. So I don't know. I know there's a lot of people that feel conflicted when it comes to true crime. Yeah, you know, one thing that is nice about true crime is that. If a good podcaster will do this to help celebrate the victims, yeah, you know, but a lot of it is just sensationalizing criminals, you know. Yeah, I tend to listen to true crime as um, preparation, <laughs> how to keep myself safe. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's yeah. another thing you can do. Honestly, like I've I've learned so much from listening to some of those stories, and I'm like I think you have to be very selective in which ones you do because some of them are much better than others, especially in terms of being respectful yeah. of the victims and the victims' families. And 
and things like that. But I've learned a lot about how to watch out for myself because mm-hmm. of, of certain true crime shows. But but just going back to what you're saying, I, I really appreciate you sharing your, your perspective because I think that so many people have never had a, an experience um, with anything involving the criminal justice system. Uh-huh. Thankfully, most people aren't on the the uh, defendant side right. of that. Right. But a lot of people don't ever get the opportunity to serve jury duty mm-hmm. at all either. Yeah. And even though you never got inside the courtroom, you still served jury duty. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. it's a really important thing. And so the perspective, like even my case, it was really silly. Yeah. But I remember, I mean, I was, here I was, I was 19 years old. And even though I knew this kid was never going to serve in jail, this was probably not going to do anything to his yeah. future. There was still this piece of me that was just like, wow, I I was involved in a process that will in some ways if, impact this guy's life, mm-hmm. hopefully for the better, yeah. but who knows? Right, right. Yeah, the judge in, in our case said, you know, because some people were like, so does this count as jury duty? You know, we were only there for like 30 minutes total or maybe an, an hour. And the judge said yes, because once you're called to jury duty and you serve, you can't be summoned again for like two more years. Right. And there were yeah. people that were really happy about that. And I just, I mean, yes, it's a pain to reschedule, you know, rearrange your schedule, but it is what it is, you mm-hmm. know, and I would do it again. I really would. But that, but there was this aspect of this is not about me as cool as I think this is as you know, it's like, Oh, I get to go in and be a part of this. It's like, no, this really is about the victim. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, it really made me just rethink yeah. <laughs> like how challenging it might be for some people to be on a jury. And we just like, we get really mad at jurors when we think that they make the wrong decision. And sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do. We won't name, we won't get into names, but sometimes I really think they drop the ball, but they know way more than we do. And that's oh, some of those cases that people have had to hear. I can't even imagine. Well, and, a lot of times, most of the time, juries hear a curated version of what we hear. So there are times where we know more about yeah. a case than they ever do. That's true. That's true. And they're making a, a judgment call without necessarily knowing everything. That's true. Because some information will get thrown out. Yeah. Some won't be allowed in court. But sometimes oh, they know way more. They get it way <laughs> wrong, Casey Anthony. Um, yeah. 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 It happens. And that's the thing. That's where it's like, I'm so grateful for the experience that I had because mm-hmm. it really was a victimless crime. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to say there was a victim, I guess it was the police department. <laughs> but really, they yeah. were fine. They were fine. You yeah. know, and and so that's really, it wasn't, there wasn't a victim. There wasn't, you know, an impact, mm-hmm. a victim's impact statement or anything like that. That we had this, that we had to listen to or be part of or anything like that. And the guy, like I said, he wasn't even facing jail time. So right. it's like my experience, I can look at it with this like appreciation and also humor. Right. But right. if I had like I've had since this time, like I don't know, like still my mom's never had jury duty, but I've had friends who have, and I've had friends that have been on horrible cases. Yeah. And I am just so blessed and <laughs> I know that I am that I've never had to sit through one of those. I yeah. don't I I just oh that would be so hard. It would be hard. It would be hard. And I think that everyone that is like into true crime should really like take a step back every once in a while and be like, is this appropriate? Is this honoring 
the people that this really happened to. You know, mm-hmm. like Ted Bundy is someone that has like what eight billion TV shows about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's that new one about Jeffrey Dahmer. Like the families are mad about that. Mm-hmm. Like and like the consumers like us. It's like shows won't get made like that if we're not going to watch them. Exactly. You know, and so I think we need to be really picky and choosy about why we watch shows like that. And, you know, if it's a show that makes these really horrible people look good, it's like we shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Regardless of how interesting it is, it's like these are really bad people. Like the people that we know are bad, like Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's anyway. Yeah, there's wiggle room in there, but there's a few people that are like, no, they're bad, and we shouldn't sensationalize them, right? You know, like exactly. let's put let's put Ted Bundy to rest. We yeah. have enough movies about him. <laughs> One of these days, maybe we'll talk about my opinions on Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, that is our experience with jury duty. Yeah, this was very fun to talk about. Yeah, thank you so much for yeah. sharing your experience. You too. And um, where can people find us on the internet if they want to? Well, we have a complicated relationship with Twitter right now. We all do. So right now you can find us at Talking Club Pod on Instagram. And then our personal accounts are listed on that profile page. That's right. All right. Thank you. Okay, thanks. See ya.